Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our study on Christ our Healer. I've really been enjoying this study. I, I find myself saying that quite a bit, but I suppose that's because the Word of God is an awesome book to study, is it not? Uh, I, I hope that you said amen right there or hallelujah because it is true that the Word of God is an incredible book to study. In fact, it is the best book to study. And I am just so thankful that God gave us His Word. And you know, so far we've really looked at some foundational principles and we've started to look at some uh, key practical uh, some practical things to go and to use and to equip ourselves with in order to have healing in our life, in order to have healing and health in our life, which is something that God desires. His design for mankind was not sickness. It wasn't death. It wasn't illness. That's clear in the creation account right there in Genesis. And then we go and we see, of course, that sickness, illness, death, all of that kind of stuff came in when sin entered the world. It is a result of sin. And of course, we do live in a sin-cursed world. So we are going to have sickness. We are going to have death. We are going to have illness in this life. There is no getting around it that it is here. In fact, so many of the passages of Scripture that we've gone and we've looked at, it affirms healing in one thing as a promise and a desire of God uh, for our lives, and of course, even equipping us, whether it's that idea of going and saying, look, healing comes from the Word of God, or or even uh, the, the prayer of faith, going and seeing that, when it's going and saying, look, um, rejoice when you fall into various trials and you fall into various temptations, you know, uh, that kind of a thing. But yet, healing is right there, or that effective prayer. And so it is important to understand this, that death is something that's going to come upon all men. So we're not looking at this teaching and seeing that you're, you're never going to die. That's not what we're, going, what we're looking at. But the, the key is here is that you will die at a uh, ripe old age in a a uh, way that you've accomplished everything that God has for you to accomplish, that you have used a shout of grace and you have walked in the works that God prepared beforehand, and that you would go and do what you're supposed to do. And so really that idea of a shout of grace even is important for our health and for our healing that we're going and we're looking at that. And we're relying upon the grace of God for our strength and for our health and for our healing. But maybe you are listening to this today and you are still struggling. You're, you're walking through an illness. You're walking through a sickness. Maybe you're walking through a disease. It's something that is, is, is difficult in your life. And you go, look, I, I really want to know, can I be healed from this? And yes, healing is for everyone. That's what we looked at when we uh, saw that healing was part of the atonement. Christ died uh, for our sins. And of course, with that, it's the results of sin, and of course it says, by his stripes we are healed. And so there is healing that's open, and it is open to everyone, but just as it comes to salvation, that doesn't mean that everybody is going to be healed. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved, because there are conditions. There are conditions. God created you as a moral free agent, and so you have to meet those conditions. So we're going to be looking at one of those conditions today, and we're going to be seeing some practical things once again in order to receive healing in our life. And today, 
We're going to be looking at James chapter 5, and that's going to be our scripture reading, but we're specifically going to be focusing here on verses 14 through 18. And it says this in James chapter 5. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that you are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and you will eat their flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, wages of the laborers who mowed the fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as a day of slaughter. You have condemned, uh, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer awaits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no lest you fall into judgment. And is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and that it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. Brethren, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Wow. There is a lot in this chapter of Scripture, but like I said, we're going to be focusing in here on this idea of healing, and we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 18. In verses 14 through 18, and the first thing they want us to see here this morning it is that in order to have healing, you need to be in a rightly ordered church. In order to have healing, you need to be in a rightly ordered church. Now, of course, this, this verse 14, it's, it's very key. It says, is any among you sick? Well, if you need healing in your life, by definition, then you're sick. That's what that means. You're sick. So, why, why, why would you be sick? Well, there's a lot of reasons you could be sick. We're going to see one that's, that's in here. But what does it mean that when you're sick? It means you need healing. And then what does it say? It says, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him call for the elders of the church. So what is this saying? First of all here, it's saying that you're going to church. If you're not going to church, 
If you're not in a church, well, you're, you're going to have a tough time finding healing because you're disconnecting yourself from the grace of God, from the body of God. Let me, let me explain something here because this is, this is important. Perhaps you understand this, perhaps you don't understand this, but if this is your first time hearing this, this is really important for you to understand this. Grace flows sideways. See, we go and we understand that the church is the body of Christ. The, the church is the body of Christ. And as a body, we, we need to go and to be fit together. We need to be coming together and we need to be going in and working together. But part of that working is that when we assemble and we go and we gather together and, and therefore we're having church, God goes and he sends forth his word and he does it through, through the man that he has anointed to go and to preach. And it goes out and that word goes out and it is a grace that then goes and flows sideways, and it impacts you. You receive that grace, and it goes and it flows out then from you, and grace flows from you into other people. It flows sideways. God goes and he sends it down, and then he sends it out. And it is so important to go and to understand that, especially when it comes to healing, because healing undoubtedly is a gift, undoubtedly is a grace that we're getting, and, and it is sending forth. And so you need to be in the right place. But then also understand something here. It's not just that you need to be in church, but that there is this idea of elders. What is this talking about here? You need to recognize here that there is a, a spiritual order. There are those whom God has put in authority in your life. And when we are in line with that authority, that's when grace flows. You see, when you're outside of that authority, it's like putting a kink in a pipe or a kink in a hose. You know, I, I remember as a kid, my, our neighbors, the Stallsmans uh, were their name. They would go and they would wash their car every single day. And as a kid, I, I recognize this. They wash their car every single day. And, and there was a, a kid uh, that was a, a few years older than me, several years older than me, probably like, you know, six, seven years older than me. He was in high school when I was in, you know, junior high, middle school, actually probably more middle school. He's probably even more than, than that older than me. You know, he was one of those guys who I, I'm in elementary school and he's, or maybe middle school and he's in, in high school, you know, uh, 16, 17 years old. And he was out there and, and he was washing his car one day. And, you know, I just kind of got this mischievous idea that, that I would go around the corner and I would kink the hose and I would wait to see what he would do. And, you know, if he'd look at the hose, well, I'd unkink it and let him spray himself in the face. And sure enough, you'd never believe it. That's exactly what happened. But it didn't just happen one time. It happened two, three, four times. And I mean, it was hilarious. He fell for it every time. And he couldn't figure out what was going on. And, and, and I never got caught. It was, it was hilarious because he'd go, you know, and all of a sudden look down at the hose and, and can't figure out why there's no water coming. I just wait for it for a little bit. And as he starts to kind of look at this, start to scratch his head, I'd release it and he get, you know, just sprayed right in the face with that. But when, when we look at this concept here, when we are outside of authority, it goes and it kinks the grace hose. It makes it so that there is no grace that is flowing into our life. It goes and it blocks that. Well, if you're outside of authority, if you're outside of what God has set up, what's going to happen? Are you going to be healed? 
No, because that's a grace. That's a grace that's coming. And so you need to be, of course, inside of a church. You need to be connected to the church because grace flows sideways. But then next, you need to be under the proper authority. You can't go and be someone who is in rebellion against God's chosen person. Now, this doesn't mean that every pastor is good. This doesn't mean that every uh, pastor is, is out for the best interest of the people. I understand that, but we're talking about how it should be, and you should be going to a church where there's a good pastor there. You should be going to a church where you're able to connect to the grace of God because it's flowing there. But then we see something else that builds upon this. So one is go to church. Two, it, it, one is be connected to a church. Two is to be under the authority of, of God's man. And then the, you see the third thing here is it says, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this is important to understand because so many people want to go and make a big deal about this idea of oil. And, and, and let me tell you where it is vitally important. And then let me tell you where it's, I, I don't want to say not important, but where people make it a bigger issue of it than, than maybe it should be. You know, some people go and they put their trust in the oil or they put their trust in, in, in a rag or they put their, their, their trust in, in something like that, in an element. It's not the element that, that becomes superstitious. That's not where the power is. The power is found in obedience, in simple obedience to God. Let's take communion, for example. You've got the elements, you've got the crackers, and you've got the juice. When you go and you look at this here, if you were to go and to uh, eat, grape, uh, eat grape juice, how about you drink grape juice and you eat crackers— what ends up happening? Did you have communion if you just had that for a snack? No, because the communion isn't in the elements. But if you also went and you served these out at church and you called it communion and you said everything that you're normally saying, but you gave out Twinkies and Pepsi, is that communion? No, because it's in disobedience and you can't be in communion with God with disobedience. Grace doesn't flow through disobedience. But... When you come with the right purpose and the right setting in the right way, and you have the right obedience in the elements that God gives, that's when His grace flows. It's through that simple obedience. Th think of, uh, think think of Naaman and and e Elijah there or Elisha, excuse me, uh, and going and washing in the Jordan. He goes and he says, look, no, 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 there's better waters from where I come from. I'm just going to go and, you, you know, wash in my own pool. No, you need to wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Jordan. Was there special healing properties of the Jordan River? No. Was there anything special to get rid of leprosy of going down seven times in washing. No, it was the obedience that was necessary. God is supernatural, and it requires simple obedience to unlock that supernatural power. When we obey God, we're activating His promises because His promises come through His conditions. And so what do we see here? Connect to church be under the authority of God's man. And then we see 
the, the simple obedience of going and bringing forth of oil and laying on of hands. And then it says this, And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Isn't that incredible to stop and to think about? The prayer of faith will save the sick. There's a promise that we have there. That promise is a promise of healing. Now, I have more that I want to get to in this, but we're running out of time and I don't want to cut it short. So what we're going to end up doing here is we're going to continue on with James 5 tomorrow. And as we look at James 5 tomorrow, I'm, I'm really excited for this because we, we're going to continue on in verse 16 and then verse 17. Maybe this will continue on for three days. I'm not sure. There's a lot to understand here when it comes to healing. But if you're needing healing in your life, there's three things that you've learned today that you need to understand and need to be practicing. One is you need to be connected to a local church. Two is you need to be under the authority of God's man. And three, the third thing is, is that simple obedience needs to happen. And in, in this, there's there's two things of simple obedience. Now, I almost forgot to explain this. One is in the pastor. They go and they are to take the oil and to anoint you and pray for you. The second thing, though, it's in that you call for the elders. You call for the elders. It's your job to go and to say, hey, I need you to pray for me. You know, that takes humility. That really takes humility in order to go and to do that, to say, hey, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to come to you because I need you to pray for me because I desperately need God's healing in my life. Well, guess what? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself today and receive the healing that God gives. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it The song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith Even now while you wait Lift up a victory shout has already begun Know that God's up to something